with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. St. Francis of Assisi, holy guardian angels, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Okay, well, thank you so much for coming out tonight. Just um, a note before we even really get started. I'm on hospital duty right now, so uh, totally unprofessionally, if the phone rings and it's New Brain Hospital, I'm going to have to answer it at least and tell that uh, there's somebody I could call to go if it's a real emergency and we're not done, but um, I need to at least answer the phone if the hospital calls. So just, just a heads. Uh, you know, it, it happens. Um, good. So here's my thought for tonight. Uh, I am recording these initial comments so it'll be there, and then if you know someone that wasn't able to be here, um, I'll, we'll make the recording available in a limited capacity. I want to have each parish, I don't, I don't want to just put it out there like on our social media and everything, because then the parishes I'm going to visit in like three weeks, uh, I want them to be able to not listen to everything on a podcast first. But if there's anyone from our parish that you think, you know, would like to hear, my initial comments I'll record then I'll stop the recording and then we'll go into the more discussion and question-based and suggestions and all of that. Um, so that was my thought for tonight, that I'll give an initial presentation on what we're, what we're looking at. And then it, it really is open floor to express um, thoughts, concerns, ideas, um, ask questions, everything like that. So as we announced uh, a week, just over a week ago, uh, that... Yeah, starting January 1st with the retirement of Father Smith, who is currently the pastor of Holy Apostles Parish, comprising St. John and St. Andrew's churches. He's also the chaplain at, at the Hospital of Central Connecticut. He'll be retiring on December 31st. And so at that time as well, Father Keogh and Father Granado, the pastors of Divine Providence and Catherine Drexel, respectively, um, they're also going to be needed for other assignments uh, throughout the diocese. And so uh, the Archbishop has asked me uh, to assume the responsibilities as pastor of all four parishes um, beginning on January 1st. As I've been saying, he'll assign an assistant who hopefully will be named soon, won't be able to start until January 1st, but hopefully will at least be named soon uh, so that we can begin moving in that direction. They are also, the hospital is talking about and is committed, I believe, to hiring another full-time priest chaplain. However, that person may be split with Midstate, who currently has no priest chaplain. And so the one priest may be responsible for both a Hospital Central Connecticut and Midstate Hospital. Probably would be in residence here, could move in as early as next week. Um, and so that could be beginning uh, very soon. So uh, I think an important off-the-bat comment is that this um, this is not something that was just like, I got an email on a Friday, announced this on Sunday. We've known that Father Smith is going to retire at some point, and we've known that his retirement would bring changes in our city, right? And would, it was actually known since 2017 that when they did the initial round of pastoral planning, that when Father Smith retired, we'd have to re-examine this. I know I talked to the parish council over a year ago when we talked about potentially re-adding a vigil mass, which I've been open, you know, I was, I was open to, but I said... We got to wait till he retires because who knows what that'll look like. Also, um, I just want to make an important point um, just for how we look at this. This was not a top-down Archdiocese of Hartford decision. Uh, about a year ago, 
all of the priests of the deanery, which is New Britain and Bristol, met with people from the archdiocese, and they presented a particular plan of what they thought needed. We offered recommendations or changes to the plan, and actually Father Keogh, Father Granado, and I, as the th- any one of the three of us could have been the one staying, we've been working on this you know, meeting frequently for the last year to talk about what this can look like. And actually, I'm, I'm very happy to say the suggestions that we made were taken. So, so this is very much a local plan and something that was thought to be manageable and not uh, that the diocese said, you have to do this whether you like it or not. Uh, th- this very much was an initiative of uh, particularly us as the pastors saying, we can't keep reduplicating our efforts, right? Father Keo, Father Granado, and I each say Mass at 8 o'clock in the morning in three different churches that are a seven-minute drive from each other, right? And, and so we just can't keep reduplicating our efforts. Or another example, and I'll get to this in a little bit, like Father Granado had a daily Mass and two funerals one day last week, um, and because it's just it's his parish and he's the pastor and that's expected that the pastor celebrate, uh, that a priest from the parish celebrates the funeral, he didn't call one of us for help uh, because he, he was able to do it and make it work. So we're each just kind of working as, as isolated individuals and not really working in collaboration. So this is something that we saw that, that we needed. So what is going to happen? On January 1st, um, I'll assume the role of pastor of all four parishes, which is currently seven church properties. We also manage and are responsible for the Newman House that is, from our parish that is owned by the Archdiocese. Um, they, they supplement most of what we need, and the focus missionaries there pay rent. So it's not a financial burden, but it is still a property that we do manage as part of our university ministry. Immediately on January 1st, we need to get down to four regular use churches, right? We can't have two priests, because they'll be the assistant. We can't have two priests trying to maintain and celebrate regular masses in seven churches. Um, that, that's not a realistic future going forward. Uh, we need to get down to four regular use churches. And again, I want to be very upfront about this. Getting down to four is the beginning, right? That, this is not like, let's get down to four and then we made it. Like, this is the beginning. Uh, when we look at the numbers of the parishes that are joining together, Divine Providence Parish, this is from the Archbishop Samuel Peel database, which is actually found to be the most up-to-date in the whole archdiocese. Divine Providence has 519 registered households. Holy Apostles has 210. St. Catherine Drexel has 638. We have 289. Now, again, I would add the asterisk with ours, which is that doesn't include the university students who aren't registered with the Archbishop St. Opeel, so we have another as, you know, aspect of our ministry that's not registered. There's also a number of people that come to Mass here that uh, just aren't on our Archbishop St. Opeel list, right, uh, for any for number of reasons. That total is uh, 1,656 registered families between the four. For comparison... Holy Cross and Sacred Heart together, as the two Polish parishes, have 4,000 families, right? Um, We have 1,656, even when four of us are combined, right? So this is a, we we need to take some of these steps to be more realistic about the number of people we have. Um, And uh, St. Joachim Parish has 1,167 families just in that parish, and that's just those who have signed up again for the Archbishop's annual appeal. So, um, 
we will still most likely be the smallest parish in New Britain, even when we're combined, we'll still probably be the smallest parish in, in New Britain. So th- this really needs to happen. The other three churches will, uh, they won't be used for regular worship. They will still be available for weddings and funerals, baptisms, if requested. Um, but again, that is something that will be done at this time. So uh, that's the overall kind of recap of the plan. Here are the immediate needs. And I did, I've talked to the diocese. I was just, you know, in conversations again today with someone. We're having a sit-down meeting tomorrow. Um, and in these meetings, I want to be as, as open and transparent as possible. So not only just what do we have to do, but what do I think it's actually going to look like? Again, nothing is a de- settled decision. Um, but here's, here's the thing. We need to get down to four buildings, right? Four regular use buildings. And each parish that has two is going to bring one into the mix. So that means for St. Francis, St. Francis is part of the mix because we don't have another church building that's part of our parish. So St. Francis is part of that mix. St. Jerome and St. Morris, we need to get down to one building from St. Jerome and St. Morris. Again, nothing's decided ahead of time. There's, when I have the meeting with that parish, we're going to have some chance to talk about it. But in all honesty, that's probably going to be Jerome. Why? Because between all the seven churches, Jerome is the biggest. And it's got no steps. So it's 100% handicap accessible. It's got the biggest parking lot. So it makes total sense that you don't get rid of your biggest church when you're trying to bring more people together. St. Francis could probably give Jerome a run for its money on in-church seating. However, Jerome can open up that side hall they have. So, for example, Christmas Eve, 4 o'clock mass, open up the side hall, you could fit over 1,000 people in that building for the Christmas Eve mass, right? So we're probably, probably going to be Jerome. Also, um, also with uh, that, the, um, the office, my projection is Jerome is the best-suited office building we have. I've, I've gone through and I've walked through all the properties. I did it last week. Right after we made the announcement, I walked through all the properties of the seven parishes. Jerome is the best office building we have where we could have the parish offices all in one location. Without do- St. Francis School would be the second best in theory, but to- we don't have air conditioning in there except the window units, right? Jerome's already got central air. It's got the heating. It's got the wiring. The windows aren't the single pane as best as windows that we have in the school. So St. Francis School is a good extra option um, but that it's looking like Jerome. Now, Stanley Black & Decker says, we'll offer you X million dollars for that property. The whole thing changes, right? But for now, we're going to say, you know, we're looking like Jerome uh, from there. St. John and St. Andrew. One church from St. John and St. Andrew. I believe that Father Smith has indicated with the people that he's anticipating that'll be St. John. Um, St. John, Andrew's uh, is beautiful, but it's in very rough shape right now. It is, there's a lot of uh, things that need to go into it. The parking lot is across the street, so you could park, but you got to cross the street uh, to get into the church building. And I believe he told me, and I'm going to see it for myself next weekend, but I believe he told me that the total number of people that attend Mass in that church on Sunday is about 40 people. So uh, it just it makes sense that St. John there also... Uh, they already did the capital campaign for the archdiocese, and there was a lot of uh, interest in investing in the St. John property. So we'll see where that goes in the future, but it's my anticipation St. John will probably be the church from there. And then 
The big question mark is St. Joe's or St. Peter's. And that is one that, uh, I'll be completely honest, is a very big question mark. Um, St. Peter's is in very, very good condition. There's not a lot of parking, and it really can't seat a lot of people. Their pews, while the pew-wise, they may have seating for about 300 people, their pews are the divided pews, so you can only really fit four people per pew. So when you're talking like if you have a family with five people, right, mom and dad and three kids, it's a tight squeeze, or you got to use two pews, and you can only get out one way, right? So it's just, there's a difficulty with that, but it's in very good condition. It is entirely not handicap accessible. They have a chairlift that takes uh, a good number of minutes to make a trip up, then a good number of minutes to take a trip back down. So uh, there's some real concerns there. However, the St. Joe's property apparently needs a lot of work, and there's, there's a lot of maintenance that needs to be done on St. Joe's property, which would be a hefty bill uh, going forward. Although St. Joe's has the school, which is currently being used uh, as an ESL program. So that, that's a big question mark. Um, that, that's a discussion that we're going to have to have uh, with that parish community. And at the listening session I do with them, I'm really going to want to hear everything we say. Um, if I had to be honest, we're probably leaning again towards St. Joe's. Well, I'm leaning towards St. Joe's. Uh, we're going to do a full building study on the two properties. But we... Um, Again, I just don't think you invest in smaller churches right now if we're trying to have a bigger community, right? So if you say, what's the biggest, what's the bigger church? Well, let's invest in the bigger church. Otherwise, you have to multiply masses to be able to fit everyone, which it's just not a smart thing as we're looking to have a larger community going forward. So buildings, that's what we're looking like. Um, mass schedule. We, have to, we will have a new mass schedule on January 1st, right? So Sunday mass on Sunday, January 2nd, will be the new schedule happening right then. And so for mass schedule, there's a lot of options we're going to be talking about. And again, I'll be interested in, in input here. Um, and that's something we could come back to after the overall spiel. But projection, one vigil mass, and anywhere between three and five Sunday morning masses. Um, we had the Sunday evening mass at one point. And it didn't really take off. We're not going to, you know, commit ourselves to that, considering that it really didn't take off. One vigil mass, if I had to project, I would say St. Jerome's, again, because it's the biggest, so it could fit the three other vigil masses in the one building. And it's got the entire handicap accessibility, right? So no steps uh, makes it a, a thing. I don't know. Again, those are decisions that need to be made. The other masses, I mean, I got a whole op, like list here of what are different options. Here's something I can tell you off the bat that we're not going to do, which is happening in other parts of the diocese. We're not going to duplicate services in order to just do things in different buildings at the same time, right? There are some parishes that have like three 10 o'clock masses just so they can use all three buildings, each of them a quarter full. We're not going to do, we're not going to commit ourselves to a type of schedule where the priests that are assigned here can't actually help each other out and cover something. We want a schedule that can be what I learned in Waterbury, where we had like five churches and one of them was immaculate with eight Sunday masses. What I learned there is you always want to schedule for one less person that you, than you have so that if someone gets sick, let's say on Sunday morning, you're not scrambling. You, you've actually built a schedule that's manageable with one less person than you actually have. And so we're, gonna, we're not going to commit ourselves to saying, like, let's do two vigil masses, both at four o'clock in different buildings, just to use the buildings, right? I don't think that's a, a smart move going forward. Um, 
Also, beginning as close to January 3rd as possible, I'm envisioning all of the offices will be in the one building, again, most likely St. Jerome's. Uh, Even though it will stay four separate corporations, um, we need a common phone number, right? We need funeral homes need to know who to call. Nursing homes for an anointing need to know what phone number you call. And if if everyone's working different hours in different buildings, you're never going to know where you can find someone to get a hold of your priest, right? So our, my vision is as close to January 3rd as possible. We're going to be in one office building so that we can have just one, all the staff could be working together. Uh, we're having a meeting with all the administrative staff tomorrow morning to get everyone to introduce each other and get to know each other. But that's my vision that starting January 3rd, we want all of the office services centralized. It won't, there'll be a period of moving and it's not going to happen overnight. But I think we need to move in that direction. And I, again, I think St. Jerome is the best. Uh, their office as well is handicap accessible. I mean, they, they've, got, they've got it made there with regard to the services. We had a lot of parking. It is, um, it is a good, yeah, it's a very good setup. Great. So that's the immediate needs. Now here's the, what we're looking at beyond just the things that need to happen by January 1st. We're going to establish a transition committee, which will also serve as the parish council for the first year. That'll be made up of people from each parish, not necessarily the group that's meeting uh, in mid-November to make these immediate decisions, but that'll be a group that we're gonna talk about. Again, when we're not regularly using properties, we're gonna have to sell them. Like we're gonna have to start looking at selling properties. It's gonna be something that has to start the conversation January 3rd. As nice as some of these buildings are, we're anticipating $7,500 to $10,000 per snowstorm with just the properties we're going to have to clear starting this year, right? We just, that's not a bill we can keep footing. And as well, any, as long as we own the property, we're paying insurance on it, we're paying the heating, we're paying electricity, even if we're not really using it all that much, it's still a carrying cost, right? Our school, even unoccupied, is like a $30,000 a year carrying cost just for our school building. Now, we are getting a little bit more use out of it, but imagine that school building times eight. Right, because we're well. Actually, we're gonna have three school buildings, uh, and the other two are being rented in some capacity. So we're gonna have to look into building sales. That's gonna be tough decisions, uh, but we are gonna work with the city on that. We're gonna work with um, the diocese is very good at working with that. We'll see where we go, but all that will be handled in collaboration with the transition committee. And I'm anticipating I'll meet with them. We're gonna try once a month for all of 2022. So it could be regular communication, regular um, discussion about what's going on. We need, to, we need to downsize the amount of buildings we'll overall be using. But we're January 1st, we got to get to something. And then we got to move beyond that. What they say, and I believe them, the most successful combined parishes have two buildings, two church buildings, right? Beyond two church buildings, you're really getting into an area where you're not getting the same return. So I would anticipate, again, total honesty and transparency. Our goal is within a certain number of years to get down to having two church buildings. Doesn't mean that the other ones are all sold and become restaurants or whatever. They may be used by other Catholic groups, right? If we could give one to a group of like a missionary, an order that works with the poor, and they could have that property and do work with the poor in our city, awesome, right? Doesn't have to be given away to a different denomination. Uh, we got we to gotta see where that goes. So, and then... Part of our transition group and something I'm going to want to do is with the new mass schedule, we just want to say, if there's any mass that for a month straight has less than 75 people, 
then we just have to evaluate if we continue it, right? And so there's going to be a regular discussion with the math schedule to be flexible. If we say, yeah, let's do one of the options, a 6.30 Sunday mass, which can really help with having, um, you know, hospital personnel and everything like that, an early morning Sunday mass. If we say we're going to do that, let's, we could try it. If there's less than 75 people for four weeks straight, then we're going to talk about not doing it anymore, right? And that may happen as well in natural attrition. Somebody said when we started announcing this plan, particularly about one of the other parishes, that, um, that look, if people don't like it, they're going to go to St. Paul and Kensington anyway. So it, it, there's going to be people that just don't like this. They're going to go. And even if it means that we don't have a regular Sunday Mass in a particular building, we, we have to be realistic about where it's going. And we'll let the numbers see where they land. Good. Um, great. A few other points. I believe that, oh, Mass schedule. I'm actually hoping to have two daily Masses, right? Two priests and a retired priest helping us as well, Monsignor Matera. I actually think we could get two daily Masses. My hope with that would be to do a 8 o'clock Mass, because we all have 8 o'clock Mass anyway, and maybe a 5.30 in the evening Mass. That seems like it would work out really well for our students and young adults coming out of work. 5.30 in the evening Mass. So we could offer a second daily Mass. With regard to confessions, I would say that maybe across the board, both on Sunday and on weekdays, we could say we could have confessions 30 minutes before every Mass. Sunday, Saturday, daily Mass. That'd be with, you know, there's actually opportunities of what we could offer when we, when we make these changes. Um, it also means consolidating um, to see more life in attendance, right? Going, into, going to a Sunday Mass with only 30, 40, 50 people, it's not the same experience as like, our 10 o'clock Mass the last few weeks has had like 150, 160, 170, right? There's life, there's joy, it's good. Like you want to see other people at Mass and not just have like your pew with a lot of space around, right? It's good to be together. We, we have to be together as a community. And I, I'm optimistic about that. Also, as I said, a second priest assigned to the parish is, is not, it is an exponential benefit. I'll use the example of today. Today, I had a meeting out of town. I was on the way back. When I was on the way back, we got a call for an anointing at a nursing home, not in New Britain, but not far away, for somebody who, it was the mother of somebody who had gone to our school here a lot, you know, many years ago. Um, so, okay, I'll, I'll get there as soon as I can, right? In, I'll say it's Farmington. Um, so got to go to Farmington for the, you know, I, I'm on the way back. I'll be there 45 minutes. I'll just go right there. Um, at the same time, I'm on hospital duty. I got a call to the hospital. And so there's somebody in critical care. They need to be anointed as well. And I need to be back in the confessional by five o'clock. We're at like three o'clock at this point, right? So it's like, I, I got to go in two days. So what did I have to do? I had to call another priest from another parish who had his own schedule of stuff and said, can you cover this anointing? Can you please, you know, go do it? And he did. Thank, I'm grateful for that. But if you have two priests working in the same location, then the person's already, like, if I'm going to not be immediately available, the other person's going to be around and readily available instead of trying to hope that somebody else can take time out of their schedule. So it is an actual exponential benefit to have another priest. Okay. The difficulties I foresee are that there's a lot of attachment to buildings, right? We, we're very attached to our, I'm very attached to our building. I'll be very honest about that. We're very attached to our buildings. That is going to be very difficult. Whether St. Francis is long-term, what we do with St. Francis is a good question. Um, but we are very attached to our buildings. And that's the case in every single one of the seven churches. And so that's a, a reality. And it's a difficulty. We're not going to ignore that. 
We're not going to say, well, that's their problem. We only have one church, right? Absolutely not. For our, no, it's, we're attached to our buildings. But um, we, we can't be more attached to the buildings than we are to the God to whom the buildings were, you know, to, in whose honor the buildings were built um, and who dwells in them in the most blessed sacrament, right? We can't be more committed to preserving our buildings than we are to building the faith. And if we just keep trying to pour money and resources and personnel just to keeping a lot of buildings open, then we're never going to spread the gospel. And in a short period of time, they'll be even more empty. And it's just not going to, it's just, we're going to be spinning our wheels. So um, it is a difficulty, but it is, um, it's something we have to really confront. Also the relative parish size, right? Like I said, we're still going to be the smallest parish in New Britain. I just want to be totally honest. This may be, our coming together may be like a phase one, where in five years, um, as our parish, whatever it looks like, um, we may say we'd rather work together with Sacred Heart, Holy Cross, and St. Joachim, St. Mary's, and St. Right? We'd rather all be working together if we could really get into that mindset and not just my parish, my way. Maybe it would be better, like they're doing in New Haven right now, with the issues that has, but like they're doing in New Haven, right? Like everyone working together, is exponentially more beneficial than just having multiple parishes, each with one or two priests. Uh, so that, this actually may, for us, this may not be the end of the road. And I think that's something that is difficult, but it's okay. We got to be okay with that, that we're going to keep addressing how we can meet the needs of spreading the gospel. Um, I'll be, again, 100% honest. I am worried about the finances for the new setup, right? We're not, uh, not like one of these churches is making Twelve, thirteen, fifteen thousand dollars a week, right? We're all pretty much in the same three or four thousand dollar range, as best I could tell. Best case scenario. So that means that one snowstorm is going to eat up three quarters of one weekend's collection, right? Uh, that that's not going to be good. So I am already a little worried about finances, which again I think is why um, we can't hold on to all these properties. We have to move, you know, relatively quickly on properties. That'll be a little you know, boost from selling them, but also just eliminate the liability. I mean, heck, whether there's cash that comes in because of selling a property, right now it's a lot, it's costing us more money to, to keep it than anything we can make from selling it. So I, those, are, those are real concerns. Okay, I'm going to stop the recording. That was a good 25 minutes. Um, so stopping the recording now.